right here is everything you need. This ain't no get rich quick thing. Create your own economy. Cause we ahead of the crypto curve. Yeah. Create your own economy. Let's get ahead of the crypto curve. Yeah. Learn from the queen of crypto, your host. Nigel Roberts, leading people out of financial slavery through Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Create your own economy. Let's get ahead of the crypto curve. Learn to get left behind. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time, and ladies and gentlemen, that means you. I am your host, Naja Roberts, and it is my mission in life to leave my people out of financial slavery. I don't do this show just so that you can change the, what, what you think about money. I do this show so you can change the way you look at money and everything else around you because it absolutely matters. Today is Monday, March 27th, 2023, and what an incredible day it is today. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a Cryptopian with a birthday today, and her name is Shani Rico. And to Shani Rico, I want to say to you, happy birthday. I hope today is filled with all the love, joy, peace, and understanding you deserve this day and every day. And as you all know, we are well into the month of March, which happens to be Women's History Month. And so, as we know, men seem to rule everything in the business world. And it seems like they are the pioneers in the crypto markets as well. However, today I decided to talk about some women investors that have been doing incredible. And even though 90% of the investors are men, there are still 10% women out of women out there that are brave, fierce, and knowledgeable about this cryptocurrency world and ready to dive in. So when we consider the anonymity that cryptocurrency offers, it can truly be really tricky to talk about um, different individuals because a lot of people that have made money or have money in the cryptocurrency space, they choose to stay anonymous so that their families aren't targets at a later date because we really understand that what we are doing right now is just the beginning of what is to come. And so today I am going to actually talk about a couple of different women, a couple of names that I've called out already this month, but all of these women are in, uh, have actually made over a million dollars in the cryptocurrency space, specifically uh, buying and holding Bitcoin early in the game. And um, it's just an incredible thing to be able to witness and and to be a part of. And so we have a young lady, and unfortunately, there are no African-American or Latin X individuals uh, that are making this list. But we hope that those things change because the more we stack our Satoshis, and the price of Bitcoin changes, which we know it will. I'm hoping that in the next five to ten years that 
there will be more names than these that have made it over a million dollars, specifically with Bitcoin. And so right now there's only eight women in the world, which is, again, helping you all to understand that you are at the very beginning, uh, at the very beginning of this absolutely incredible time and space as it relates to money and new money. So there are eight women in the Bitcoin space right now that are doing their thing or have been able to do their thing by way of Bitcoin. And that's Kathleen Brachman. And you can read some of their stories. I'll put some of their stories up on my social media. Elizabeth Stark. Then you have a young lady by the name of Amber Baldette. Marie Wick. And again, I know you don't know these names, but these names will soon be our names. Galia Bentarzai. And you have Maria Puskava and Rihan Lewis, Sally Eves. Those are the eight women that have become multimillionaires in the Bitcoin space. And that's only because they followed their, their uh, I, I call it that little uh, angel that whispers in the ear to tell them what to do. And they all started purchasing Bitcoin. Back in 2011, 2012, you know, when the price of Bitcoin was really low. And again, if we're talking 2011, 2012, and we look at how many years that is from right now, and we take that same gauge as history uh, tends to repeat itself, specifically in different asset classes, we can look at the next five to 10 years and see exactly what that looks like for us as we continue to just stack these small satoshis because we think, you know, a lot of us think that the price that Bitcoin is at right now, it's not going to get any higher, but there are so many different reasons and uh, different um, charts that we're looking at that say that Bitcoin is going to do more of the same over the next five to 10 years. So ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, we are going to talk about money because that is exactly what we are uh, embarking upon is a situation where money is changing, a situation where the powers that be are changing, and we are going to start learning some things. And it's not specifically related to cryptocurrency. However, cryptocurrency absolutely plays a major part in what I'm going to share. So when we come forward, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to talk about BRICS. B-R-I-C. And we're going to talk about that, and I'm going to let you all know what is going down. This is KBLA Talk 1580. In a moment, more with Naja Roberts as we get ahead of the crypto curve on KBLA Talk 1580. Here at NerdWallet, we often see people struggle with financial decisions, like with Helen. Hey, Helen. Hello. Hello. Helen, you're all over the place. I'm trying to pick a rewards credit card, and I've ended up, well, everywhere. With NerdWallet, you don't have to feel all over the place. NerdWallet has side-by-side comparisons of top credit cards. So whether you need a card for groceries or travel, the smartest card for you is right there. Wow. 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 
Now I'm in one place with the right travel rewards card. Nice. Nice indeed. NerdWallet, the smartest decision for all your financial decisions. Agnes was in deep trouble with the IRS. I owed the IRS a lot of money. I did not know what I was going to do. I was scared. Agnes caught a break and found out about Optima Tax Relief. But when I called Optima Tax, they guaranteed me that they were going to help me out the best that they can. And they did. Optima stopped the IRS. No more telephone calls, no more letters. Optima Tax took care of everything. I can finally sleep at night. I was stress-free. Agnes was finally free from her IRS nightmare. It was like a burden was lifted off of me, and it was a great feeling. Are you in deep trouble with the IRS? You might want to listen to Agnes. I would refer Optima Tax Relief to anyone because they got me debt-free from owing the IRS any more money. Call Optima right now for your free consultation. Call 800-919-9077. 800-919-9077. 800-919-9077. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year. Which means... Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. Question for the audio engineer. Go ahead. Did I read that right? Discover automatically doubles all your cash back? Yeah, that's what the script says. So if I get a Discover card right now, I can earn twice the cash back. Apparently. Wait! Unlimited first-year cash back match, only from Discover. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash match. Wouldn't you say it's time for a beauty refresh? Lucky for you, Ulta Beauty's 21 Days of Beauty is happening now. So treat yourself with up to 50% off bestsellers like Benefit Cosmetics and MAC Cosmetics. And say hello to new product launches from Fenty Beauty by Rihanna, Tarte Cosmetics, and so many more. That new you feeling is waiting at Ulta Beauty. But hurry, beauty's biggest event ends April 1st. Shop in-store, online, or try curbside pickup today. Ulta Beauty, the possibilities are beautiful. You're listening to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Nigel Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. And as I told you all on Friday, I am here in Houston at a women's event that I was at earlier today. And ladies and gentlemen, I have to just continuously say we have a lot of work to do to spread the information to our community to our pastors, to our first ladies, to just different individuals, because everyone uh, that I met today, probably a side of like about three people, had absolutely no idea uh, about anything that had to do with Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies or anything like that. And and the major sentiment that I heard today was that a lot of people just don't know what to do, obviously, so they don't do anything. And then even if they had heard something, they don't know who to trust or where to go. And then the other portion portion of people that I talked to said, yeah, I heard something about how much money you can make, more on a get-rich-quick type thing. And so it just really lets me know as I'm in these circles of people and dealing with different individuals that we've got a lot of work to do. And we've got to really get to our leaders so that they can understand what's going on, so they can give fair warning and information to those that they love and those that they, um, those that are listening to everything that they're sharing. Because if they're sharing the wrong information, it's really critically important to our community uh, to get the right information. Because a lot of wrong information can absolutely be damaging. 
And so as I sat and listened, unfortunately, to one of the women that sat on the panel, she was saying some things that's absolutely uh, antiquated as it relates to what our community should be doing. And, and yes, they've got to be we've got to be saving. We've got to be doing some of those things, but really talking about uh, getting 2% and 3% interest in the bank and things of that sort, like that is so five, 10 years ago information. Like I don't even understand how financial advisors still in this day and time can be sitting and, and actually have come through their mouth for their community to get two and 3% interest because that's the best they're going to be able to do. And that is absolutely not the best that they can do. And so when I heard the young lady saying that from the stage, I thought to myself, wow, you know, this is, this is a problem because how much misinformation is being disseminated across our, uh, across through our community and to talk about different bonds and things that people need to be purchasing in these bonds, the banks are selling these bonds at a discount because they're not able to get what the bonds are worth. And then there's new bonds coming in that are giving higher yields. And a lot of those things we're not privy to as a community. And so we've got to really take a look at what we can possibly be doing or understanding that will immediately affect our bottom line. And so my quote today uh, that I picked from someone from Goldman Sachs, ironically, he says, his name is Lloyd Blank. And Lloyd said, still thinking about Bitcoin, no conclusion, not endorsing, not rejecting. Know that folks also were skeptical when paper money displaced gold. And again, that quote came from Lloyd Blankstein, the CEO of Goldman Sachs. And I'm not sure if he's still the CEO of Goldman Sachs, but that's what he stated and it is absolutely uh, imperative that those in our communities that are still thinking about Bitcoin, still thinking about cryptocurrency as a whole, and still not really knowing if cryptocurrency is here to stay, that you really know that it is here to stay. It's here to stay forever. Nothing is going to change um, as it relates to the, tra- the the financial trajectory that our, com- our country is going in and all these different things. And so, you know, a lot of times I talk to you all about macro situations and looking at the macro. And so today we're going to attack some macro things. And those macro things trickle down again right into your household. And you've got to know how to maneuver around those things. And so uh, my husband is very big on information and things of that sort. And so he brought to my attention something that I hadn't really paid attention to in its totality. And so over the weekend, I really sought to uh, figure out how we need to uh, how we need to be moving as a community and what things we need to be learning. And so with that being stated, there are a couple things I want to share. And first and foremost is there is a massive United States dollar, and I'm going to say it this way, dump. And not here, and I did say dump, D-U-M-P dump. There's a massive U.S. dollar dump that is happening slowly but surely with other countries. And what makes the American dollar so incredibly powerful is because it's considered to be the world's 
reserve currency. And if it is the world's reserve currency, ladies and gentlemen, we have got to know what makes it strong. And if we're believing so much in the dollar, we've got to know what continues to make it strong. Because once once it's not strong, then that means something else is going to be ushered in. So my conversation to you today is to get you understanding exactly what is transpiring that nobody's talking about, but it's slowly eating away at the fiber of our fiat dollar, fiat money without any intrinsic value other than what the government says it's worth, uh, what's eating away at that very fiber in order to find out what is going to be new and ushered into our community. Um, not just to our community, to our country, to the world abroad and all of those things. And so my husband had asked me, hey, what do you know about BRICS? And so I, I had heard BRICS probably like you. Each and every one of us had been listening to CNN or CNBC or somewhere, and they talk about BRICS. And so a lot of times when we hear these things, because people are in the financial space, they already know what it is. And so since we're here to educate, since we're here to learn, we're probably going to do two parts on this because there's some very critical information that you need to know. So plan on listening in today. Plan on listening in tomorrow as I break down some other things as it relates to BRICS, B-R-I-C-S. So what is BRICS? Um, BRICS is um, a alliance. And I'm just going to keep this very simple at the beginning so that we understand. BRICS stands for Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And I'm going to say those countries again because we've been talking about some of these countries and what they're doing to become the new monetary superpower. And so we've got Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Now, with just those that I've named, those of you that have been listening to me, I shared with you when the Russia-Ukraine war started. No, I wasn't taking sides. I wasn't trying to figure out what, uh, who was right and who was wrong in that. But what I looked at was the power of what Russia stated as it related to the U.S. dollar and any sanctions that the United States might want to put forth because they were going to war with Ukraine, and Russia opted out of whatever those uh, stipulations were from the United States and said, we don't care. We're going to go ahead and use digital currency. We're not really worried about what you're going to impose on those sorts of things. And so um, as, that, as that rolled out and as that has continued to roll out, we have seen how many millions and millions and billions of dollars actually have actually moved into the hands of the Russian uh, government to continue to fund their war. We're starting to see China. We talked about this last week, week before last, how China has put out a list of reasons why they are no longer worried about doing business with the United States. And in fact, their tone of voice was really, really confrontational, but they stated that they're going to go in and join forces with Russia, uh, as we're seeing. But there are so many countries, ladies and gentlemen, that are getting ready to get into this alliance. 
And so predictions about BRICS and the countries um, that are joining, right now they're calling it the fastest growing economy. And they're working really hard with this alliance, and they're now offering a diplomatic forum and development financing outside of the Western mainstream. So it looks like they're putting themselves in a position not to have to use American dollars, period, ladies and gentlemen. The acronym, as we know it, again, BRICS is going to get, I think it's going to have an extension because there's other countries and things that are coming on board. But the founding myth of emerging uh, economies hasn't hasn't yet faded. It's getting stronger and stronger. And so um, they by themselves thought that they were going to just really position themselves to represent what they're calling the global South. Again, saying to the United States, we're going to create our own currency. We're going to create this alliance. And we've got all of these different countries that are coming on board and in doing the research. And again, you know, just kind of running some things past my husband to kind of see what he was thinking or if he was feeling the same thing. I found that there were 87 countries that are getting ready to join on to this BRICS alliance. And um, they're doing an alternative model to G7. So when, Typically, in the past, when people haven't done what G7 wants them to do, there are sanctions. There are uh, certain rules and things that people in G7 abide by. And this new, I'm, a, I'm not going to call them a rogue group, but I'm going to say this new alliance is coming in and saying, no more. This is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. And this is what we're going to offer so that it's equitable for everyone and that the United, United States is not the only one that's benefiting the most by all of us following the leader. And so they're making a major statement. And again, I haven't seen much of this talk, if at all, on any of the stations that I've been watching or listening to because they really don't want us to know what's going on. And I just honestly think when everybody looks up and we figure this thing out, we're going to be in trouble because they're going to be so far ahead of what um, of what we've been doing here in the United States is just going to really stifle growth, economic growth, and we're just going to have ourselves, it looks like, if this keeps going the direction it's going to, to utilize our money. And again, I told you all and I shared with you all, it takes 17 cents to make a $100 bill. And China has stated they're no longer going to pay $100 for a 17-cent bill. And they're serious about it. And they're trying to create their own thing. They're trying to become the next superpower. And I know a lot of different economists are feeling the same thing that we're saying, uh, but just really not able to talk about that. But the G7, ladies and gentlemen, is an informal uh, heads of the state and most of the world's influential economies are in there. And it was founded in 1975 by Germany, France, the UK, Italy, Japan, Canada, and the U.S. And um, again, this new alliance is coming to disrupt that. And with that disruption, 
comes a new currency. And we've got to know that, um, you know, if the United States is going to keep up, we're going to have to do something different. We can't still be this old, lethargic, antiquated, non-pivotable um, organization that we've been. And as I continue reading, I am just wondering why America is ignoring the fact that these uh, that this alliance is coming together and that they feel so, so strongly about changing the world banking model. The biggest lesson in what I'm reading about BRICS is they are changing and challenging the world's banking model uh, because they want to make sure that the BRICS nations, um, are, because they did launch already this new development bank as an alternative to the World Bank and as an alternative to the international monetary fund. And you all will continue to hear these words. And so in addition, what they're doing is they're creating liquidity with a mechanism called contingent reserve arrangement. Again, contingent reserve arrangement to support their members that may be struggling. And so um, this is important because this is happening right under the nose of the United States. And again, typically we've gone to war with people that don't do the things that we need to do. But right now we're in a little bit of a pinch as it relates to wars and things of that sort. And so we've really, really, really uh, got to get some things going. And so I'm going to educate you on BRICS the next two days and how that is going to affect our bottom line, how it is going to cause inflation to go through the roof. And unfortunately, I don't think, I don't personally feel like the feds are going to be able to pivot. And I think it's going to cause them to do an emergency reduction of the interest rate because we're in trouble. I just really feel that, uh, not just because I feel it, just because statistically and with the numbers, the numbers of the numbers, numbers don't lie. And I've been saying it is not mathing. The math ain't mathing right now. And so we've got to take heed to that. So, ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward after news, sports, and traffic, we will continue this conversation, but we're going to talk about what's going on in the cryptocurrency space as well. This is KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA Talk 1580 is an intervention. When we come forward, includes you. KBLA Talk 1580, turning pain into power. Power platform makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates all in one place. Sponsor your first job today and get hiring by visiting Indeed.com slash credit. This is the KBLA Sports Minute with Ray Richardson. The news came out today that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson sent a letter to the team on March 2nd demanding to be traded. This is no surprise. Jackson and the Ravens have made no progress in a long-term contract for the former MVP. Jackson's trade request was submitted before the Ravens put the 9 exclusive franchise tag on him. The tag limits Jackson's one-year salary this season to $32.5 million and allows the Ravens to match any offer from other teams. Much more to come on this story. The Clippers are in action tonight against the Chicago Bulls. No debates, no speculation, just the info you need. That's your KBLA Sports Minute. I'm Ray Richardson. This sports report was brought to you by Original Taco Pete. It's Aaron from Original Taco Pete. Let us cannon your March Madness munchies. Order with us at Original Taco Pete on Grubhub, Uber Eats, DoorDash, or stop into our Sloss and Crenshaw location. We'll feed you soon. 
Hey there, I'm Jared Hill, president of the National Association of Black Journalists of Los Angeles, and I just want to say thank you for the benevolent $10,000 donation and scholarships for the next generation of black journalists. And I'm Haywood Galbraith, photojournalist and founder of the Minority Photojournalism Institute. Thanks, KBLA, for your generous $10,000 scholarship gift to help us train the next generation of black photojournalists. Congratulations to all the students who will benefit from the scholarship dollars raised at our Black History Month luncheon, honoring black legends in L.A. media. When we come forward at KBLA Talk 1580, we're bringing everybody with us. Everybody with us. Where hate meets a scholarly match. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. Again, I will not leave leave you hanging as to what BRICS has to do with cryptocurrency or new currency for that matter. Uh, We're going to explore that tomorrow. We're going to talk about the different points and the different things that are going to transpire or that are transpiring. This is not something that we're just guessing are trying to see if it is going to happen. It is happening. And so we need to know about it. And we need to be on top of our game. And so, you know, so many times we just feel like because something isn't directly related to us that we don't need to know about it, but you absolutely do because it helps you make better choices. So uh, tomorrow we'll continue the conversation about BRICS, and then I'm going to tie it into what the new currency looks like and what steps they're actually taking to implement that this year, not next year, but this year. And so what may happen with our United States dollar? And so we're going to take a look at that. But right now, we're going to do our market update. And we know that Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are volatile, always. We know that they are finding their way. They're up, they're down, they're all of these things. And so Price is not something that I even worry about, but I know that there are some of you that do. And so we go over the market report so you can understand just what it means for Bitcoin's price to change. But I have to say, because we have so many listeners that are new, that the dollar, the price of the dollar changes as well. You can Google the price of a United States dollar today, and it will show you a different amount today. And it will be different tomorrow, and it'll be different the next day. It's not as volatile, but it definitely does go up and down. And a lot of people don't know that and don't understand that as well. And as these different things that I'm talking to you about, the bricks, uh, just all these different things, as I talk to you about them, you will start to see how important it is that you know why these things are happening, why the dollar goes up and down why the dollar could possibly lose its value. And so that's why we're having these in-depth conversations about these different entities that actually make up 
and help with the price of the dollar. And the reason you're able to shop and do all the things that you're able to do with the U.S. dollar. And uh, so we're going to get into that. But today, the market report for Bitcoin, we are actually at 27018 So $27,018 is what one entire Bitcoin is trading at. Now, we are red all the way across. Actually, since we've been talking, it just popped up to 0.02%. So we got one green in the last hour. It's up point. 0.1% right now, since I'm reading it as we go. And in the last 24 hours, it's down 2.56%. In the last seven days, it's down 3.4%. Ethereum is exactly the same all the way across. It is red. It is at $1,707 for one coin. And if there is, uh, it's down in the last hour, 0.12%. In the last 24 hours, it's down 2.97%. In the last seven days, it's down 2.8%. And as I scroll through and look at the market, I see only one coin that has three greens all the way across, and that is XRP. For those of you that are holders of XRP, it's green all the way across. And the rest of them are just red. As we go all the way down, there's three across red, three across red. And um, so that's what the market is looking like. Again, I'm not getting into technical analysis. I just want you all to kind of know where the markets are. And really, I think mostly so that you don't panic and you don't think, hey, you know, I invested $1,000 in Bitcoin or $500 in Bitcoin or $6 in Bitcoin, whatever it is you invested the amount of Satoshis that you purchase, you still have those. The value is what goes up and down. So, yes, a whole Bitcoin is lovely, but you don't have to have a whole Bitcoin. You can have fractional pieces. And so I think it's safer to buy fractional pieces, even if you can purchase an entire Bitcoin. Just go ahead and do fractional pieces uh, to allow you to participate when the market is up. When the market is down, when the market is shaky, when the market is in panic. But I tell you that right now here in the United States, when I look at the fear and greed index on regular money, it is in extreme fear, extreme fear. And it's right at the tip of what would be fear. But we're in the extreme fear zone. And why is that? It has all to do with the banking industry and the things that are going on with the banking industry. So one of the first things that I want to share with you that is happening in the cryptocurrency space right now is as it relates to Bitcoin is Africa. And for those of us that are looking to move abroad, studying, trying to figure out what we could possibly do in other uh, parts of the world for business wise, for living arrangements and things of that sort, there was an article that came out on CNBC that stated Bitcoin is poised to blow up Africa's $86 billion banking system. And so uh, there are people that have now gone over to uh, Africa to start working with Africans to get on board with Bitcoin. And I'm not going to call them colonizers. I am going to say that for the first time, I feel like they're doing something that is beneficial 
to the people of Africa instead of taking from them and leaving them with nothing. They're actually bringing this education and they're not going over there talking to them about all these other cryptocurrencies that we engage in. There are a few that are going to be used. Of course, you know, Akon has a cryptocurrency. For those of you that know Akon, the rapper, he has a, a cryptocurrency. Um, it's called Acoin that he is pushing over there in uh, Africa. And, um, and then we have Bitcoin. Then we have another company uh, that I'm very familiar with, that founder. His name is Bright Enable. And he has Odua coin, and that has to do with the African, the, the countries in Africa and the African diaspora. And so he is coining his coin as a Pan-African coin of Africa. And so as we take a look at why this is so, ladies and gentlemen, everyone in this world knows that Africa has the biggest workforce that is about to come into play. And so when, while other countries and different places, even America, are looking at the stagnated numbers of individuals that are coming into the workforce because people are just not having lots of children anymore. You know, uh, I grew up here and, you know, so-and-so around the corner has 14 brothers and sisters. And, of course, down south there were 18, 24. I mean, there were tons and tons of uh, siblings out there. And right now you'd be hard-pressed to find people with three children. A lot of people have one or two children. And so in Africa, it hadn't been so. And so they are doing so well with their population, and that population is coming into working. And so they have an $86 billion banking system that is going to be disrupted because some of those Africans do not, a lot of those Africans do not bank in the banking system and they're looking for alternative methods. And what better alternative method is there than Bitcoin? And so, ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, we are going to continue the conversation about what is happening over there. Cash App has gone to Africa. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, we'll continue the conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Old money, old money, new money, new money. We've got you covered. Keep it locked to the Midday Money Chain on KBLA Talk 1580. Now, now let's get back to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. And let me just kind of wrap up uh, what I was saying about uh, Akura Ghana or Accra Ghana, however you want to pronounce it, um, because CEO Jack Dorsey. So for those of you that don't know Jack Dorsey, he is the CEO of Cash App, which they are changing their name to Block. Um, and him and some of his top brass have descended on Ghana for their inaugural, for the inaugural African Bitcoin conference. And so they did this in December, and what they're trying to do is talk to Africans about potentially disruptive and transformative alternatives to the continent's existing financial system. So for those of you that are thinking about moving to Africa to live, if you are not getting or stacking Satoshis, you are doing a disservice because, a disservice to yourself. 
Because when you get there, you will definitely be able to utilize the Bitcoin or trade the Bitcoin or use it at the market and some of the different things that you are are able to do here because they're pushing for that. And so since the inception of Bitcoin in 2028, the unfamiliar form of money in Africa had been disdained by an absurdly complex toy for the libertarian techies. That's kind of what they thought of it. A legalized form of gambling is what they thought, a speculative bet to get rich quick, and a vehicle for criminals and fraudsters to obscure the origins of their ill-begotten gains. But we know that Bitcoin is much more than that, because this parallel financial system could also serve as a tangible for social good. And we know that that is happening with the social good, offering an on-ramp to the financial system for people who would otherwise be left out. In countries where the vast majority of the population is unbanked, national currencies are no longer a safe store of value. And the people know that, and they are seeking some alternatives. And so this Bitcoin thing, as you might say, is what they are going to. They're learning how to do remittances, um, and they're able to, and it's, it's starting to comprise a hefty portion of our GDP, the gross domestic product, and international sanctions complicate connections to the global economy. But I told you, if people have other options, they're not going to back down when they hear about international sanctions. They're just not going to care. They're going to shrug their shoulders and say, do what you do. We're going to do what we do. And as this virtual currency or as a virtual currency, uh, doesn't require an intermediary to approve transactions, it is actually going to be a vital lifeline for the survival of different countries moving forward. And they're going to take notes from Russia. And I stated that as cryptocurrency continues to rise in prominence and becomes a growing flashpoint for regulators, Jack Dorsey and what they're calling his deputies, I don't like that word, then I feel like, you know, they're over there doing some stuff policing us and they shouldn't be but anyway they refer to them as the deputies they're providing an essential counter narrative because bitcoin brings financial power to the people who would otherwise have none and so one of the quotes that i wanted to read from a couple of the articles that i've been reading is it states it doesn't matter to me if the price of bitcoin goes up or down because i can still use bitcoin as a vehicle to move money around the world instantaneously. And that was stated by Mike Brock, who is the CEO of TBD at Block, which is a unit that focuses on cryptocurrency and decentralized finance. He also stated, I can exchange dollars for Bitcoin and then Bitcoin for Brazilian Rial. There is a market for Bitcoin in every corner of the world today. And so for those of you that are possibly thinking of moving to another corner of the world, you can rest assured that if you are holding Bitcoin, that there is a massive chance that that Bitcoin can be traded, that that Bitcoin can be spent at your local um, uh, flea markets and things of that sort, because Bitcoin is something that everyone is accepting. And so uh, there is a couple of commercial banks that are limiting access to Bitcoin right there in Ghana. And so we're looking at, um, you know, what that looks like. 
And once this catches on, there are going to be so many people using Bitcoin on the continent of Africa. It is going to be mind boggling. But again, that is a place where people are tired, sick and tired, not just tired, but sick and tired of their um, of their government and their government being corrupt. And because their government is corrupt, they're looking for answers. And we've got those answers. And so this is a prime opportunity. And I submit to you that our community, our country, people are going to start getting sick and tired of what is happening and wanting to do something different. And if we hold the asset that everyone is looking to get in, we're going to have the upper hand. We will be ahead of the crypto curve. And so with that, ladies and gentlemen, as we move forward, we'll get into some of the events and things that we have going on uh, tomorrow as well as in the month of April. I'm excited. I am looking forward to really getting involved with a lot of churches and pastors and first ladies that are asking for us to come out and educate their community. So we're going to do that. But when we come forward, we will continue the conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. You're linked to the Midday Money Chain with Lynn Richardson and Naja Roberts exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. At KBLA Talk 1580, we do more than just talk. You got a big mouth. Hello, Joe, you're up. Welcome. We're unapologetically progressive and we don't black down. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. I am first going to start by saying to each and every one of you, I'll probably have to... Uh, change the date for Mission Critical to Wednesday as opposed to tomorrow, only because I'm traveling back from Houston and that was the only flight I could get out. It's at that exact time. I will still be live tomorrow and uh, on the show, uh, but we'll do Mission Critical probably on Wednesday. And so we will send an update to each and every one of you so you know that. And what is Mission Critical? We're going to look at all the things that I've been talking about. We're going to streamline exactly what I am doing next. And I keep saying what I'm doing next. I'm not a financial advisor, not providing financial advice, but I want everybody to know what I am doing, what my family is doing to get prepared for what is inevitable. And it is the writing is on the wall. Every single economist that I am coming across, listening to, talking to, everybody is saying the exact same thing. And I said, are you listening to my radio station? And they're laughing and saying no. But one of the things that they're saying, ladies and gentlemen, and I have to keep repeating it because I know a lot of people are feeling like, you know, this is doom and gloom. And I've heard every economist say, say I'm not trying to bring you all doom and gloom, however, these are the numbers. This is what I see. And I have to tell you all that some things are going to happen. It's, it's, it's inevitable. And so as we move forward, I want you all to know what's next with my family so that you have an idea of what you could possibly do next in your family. So we're going to do Mission Critical. It will be Wednesday, not Thursday. So you can go to my social media and we'll get those flyers updated and give you that updated information. We're also going to do a crypto uh, essentials that is going to be in the month of April, as well as a ledger in me one, two, three. And so both of those events are really crucial. If you've never gone through one or if you just uh, never really had the opportunity to get online with me and ask some direct questions and get wallets set up and all of those things. 
those are some some things that I would suggest that each and every one of you do. And I'm here for it. Uh, today, we need to do our daily dollar cost average. And you all know I say a DCA a day keeps poverty away. We are going to get our $6 worth of Satoshi, a Satoshi being the smallest increment of a Bitcoin, just like a penny is the smallest increment of a dollar. So we're going to purchase $6 worth of Satoshis to keep the poverty away, or I'm going to do it for my family to keep poverty away. So ladies and gentlemen, you're going to take out your black wall street wallet and you're going to get your $6 worth of Satoshis because we are creating Satoshi millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And we're making way for the DL Hughley show. And ladies and gentlemen, Stay tuned because you are going to be one of our next Satoshi Millionaires. Have an incredible rest of your day. You're listening to Nadja Robinson ahead of the crypto curve. Please follow her on all social media platforms at Nadja Roberts. No underscores, no dots, no numbers, just Nadja Roberts. Let's close the wealth gap. It's our turn. Learn or get left behind. Create. Your own economy. Let's get ahead of the crypto curve. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.